For more information on Ancient Dragon Zen Gate, please visit our website at www.ancientdragon.org. Our teachings are offered to the community through the generosity of our supporters. To make a donation online, please visit our website. Good morning, everyone, and welcome. Morning. Good morning. So I want to give some background for uh, the teaching we're going to be talking about in the Rohatsu Sashin this week. So Hogetsu and I uh, together will be leading this. It's the first time we've had a Rohatsu five-day Sashin to celebrate Buddha's big awakening since 2019. So this is a wonderful stage in our recovery from the pandemic. And I'll just say that uh, a number of you in person and online have already signed up. If you have not yet, you're still welcome to sign up for any one, two or more days online. Um, and also that uh, everyone is welcome to come online just for the morning Dharma talk and the period of Zazen before before. So again, welcome everyone. We will be talking about, amongst other things, about a text that's important to Soto Zen teaching. This is by Koan Ejo, who was the successor to our Japanese founder, Ehe Dogen, and uh, compiled a lot of Dogen's teachings that we know in Shobokanto and other places. Um, and this text is called Komyozo Zamai in Japanese. This is the treasury of Samadhi of the Treasury of Radiance. Uh, we'll be using the translation by Thomas Cleary in his book Minding Mind. But I want to talk about uh, some of the background for this this morning. So, uh, well, some of the background to this text has to do with the Avatamsaka, or Flower Ornament Sutra, which is actually very important in Soto Zen, although not so much talked about in, in uh, Soto Zen texts, uh, but it is actually quoted a lot in, in the Koan Ejo's Komizo Zamai we're going to be talking about. And, uh, Actually, there was a Dogen text in Shobogenzo called Komyo, Shobogenzo Komyo, Komyozo, which is the treasury of radiance. And just to say a little bit more about that, it's, it's, uh, it's sometimes translated in, in theory also as the treasury of light. It's not light as opposed to darkness. It's not Koanjo uh, uh, and Dogen, they say very explicitly, it's not about blue, yellow, red, or some color of light. It's this radiance that is part of everything, both light and dark. It's this radiance that is our practice and our awareness, and that is the Buddha-ness of everything. So, uh, 
this text by Konejo does quote the Flower Ornament Sutra a lot. Some of us have been re reading aloud and turn the Flower Ornament Sutra the first Friday evening of the month, we just did uh, a couple nights ago. We've been doing it for three years, once a month, for an hour and a half, and we're maybe two-thirds of the way through Texas. A huge book, the Cleary translation. I think there are some other translations now, but this Flower on the Sutra talks about um, well, this, it, it does talk about this radiance, this quality of Buddha. And one way we could talk about it is in terms of the third chapter, which is focused on the practice of Samantabhadra, universally good bodhisattva. He's one of the bodhisattvas who we will be chanting this week in our meal chant universal worthy, universal good. And the main Buddha of uh, the Flower Ornament Sutra, and this is important in terms of the teaching of this text, is not Shakyamuni, but Vairochana Buddha. Vairochana Buddha is the Dharmakaya, the Buddha that is the body of the whole universe, the whole phenomenal world the body of reality. So uh, this is kind of a mysterious text in some ways. Uh, but in the chapter on the practice of Samantabhadra, or universal worthy, he says that um, he practices his shining practice Bodhisattva practice thanks to Buddha. He sits in front of Buddha or in, in the face of Buddha, just as we sit with the Buddha on our altar and we sit here in the Zendo. Or uh, you're part of this online as well. Can you all hear me online as well as in the room? Okay, thank you. So, um, one way to understand this is that we sit thanks to Buddha. The Buddha allows us to sit this sazana. And this Buddha that we sit with or sit for or express in our own body-mind practice is the Buddha of everything. So there's the Sanskrit word dharma-dhatu, which refers to the whole phenomenal world. But we can also understand it as the world as informed by dharma, as informed by truth, by reality. So this is practice that we all do thanks to Buddha and expressing Buddha each in our own particular way and sharing that with everyone. So. Uh, this is the, the teaching and the challenge of this text and of the Flower Ornament Sutra. Uh, so uh, we each uh, 
already Buddha is here for each of us in our own way. This does not mean, of course, that practically speaking, we don't have uh, ancient twisted karma. We don't have personal hang-ups <laughs> or habits or inclinations or tendencies. But underlying that, and underlying all of the suffering and difficulties of our world and, and that we each individually face, is this reality body, this reality Buddha. Maybe it's enough to just say Buddha, 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 Buddha. We each on our seat are sitting, you know, we sit in Zendo or online now uh, in the face of Buddha. And our sitting practice is about sitting upright like Buddha. So we each sit uh, expressing Buddha in our own way, in our own particular body-mind. But we are expressing this reality that is underlying and about everything, everything in our life, experiences and people we have met in our life. Experiences are people we don't even remember. That's just our limited human memory. So the point is that Buddha is here. And in the Flower Ornament Sutra, there are many, 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 and very many, many of Buddhas, of Bodhisattvas, of Buddha lands, of Buddha practices. It's a very colorful text. But underlying it is this samadhi of the treasury of radiance. So in various sutras, not just the Flower Ornament Sutra, the Lotus Sutra and the Parshnaparamita Sutras, there's a light that Buddha emits in his forehead. In the Flower Ornament Sutra, it's from his teeth, or maybe the spaces between his teeth. But there's this radiance that Buddha shares with the world. And as we sit zazen, we partake of it. Whether or not we realize it or feel it or believe it, that's kind of irrelevant. It's, this is the reality of our lives, this radiance, this, uh, any word I say is not going to capture it. I like the word wholeness, but, um, how we express and get glimpses of that we actually might realize and recognize of something that goes beyond, something that's huge and wonderful. So the Dharmakaya Buddha Vairochana 
is often depicted as a great Buddha, like in Nara, Japan, the Todaiji Temple is part of this uh, Japanese. So the Chinese school that comes out of the Flower Emblem Sutra is called Hua Yen, which is the Chinese way of saying Flower Emblem Sutra. And then in Japanese, that's Kegon, the same characters. And this temple in Nara in Japan uh, has in it the largest wooden statue in the world, in the largest wooden building in the world. It's a beautiful statue, but it's humongous. And this is to denote Vairochana as encompassing everything. All the planets and stars and, and uh, all of our thoughts and feelings, everything is there. And this Buddha is huge and it's a beautiful statue. It's the best way I can express its size is that it's his ears are eight feet long. So this is a huge statue. Sometimes this Buddha, in Japanese he's called Dainichi, Great Sun Buddha. Sometimes this Buddha is depicted in statues or paintings or whatever with stars and planets on his chest to denote that he is the Buddha of the whole universe. So this sutra is very important in our Soto Zen tradition. It's not referred to so much. Dokken refers to it sometimes, but he refers to the Lotus Sutra more, which is also an important uh, Mahayana Bodhisattva Sutra for us, a text for us. But um, this uh, this sutra that that was the basis for in China the Huayan school uh, of Buddhism. Huayan being the Chinese translation of Avatamsaka, now ornament. Um, this developed in China into a, a separate Buddhist school. In Japan, it was Kegon. It still survives in Japan, but it's it's not. It, it never had major, um, there's never a major presence in, ter in terms of the various Buddhist schools. It was a school from the older 8th century Nara period in, in Japan. And, uh, I'm giving this information that there will not be a test. So uh, just as background again for this samadhi, this treasury, of, the samadhi of the treasury of radiance we will be talking about during this Huayan uh, school, uh, I would say, is maybe the pinnacle of Mahayana philosophy. That's my opinion. Uh, it's great to see Paul Kopp here. Hi, Paul. Um, he may have, as a, as a uh, very uh, fine Buddhist scholar, he may have other opinions about uh, Mahayana sutras, but at any rate, um, this dialectical philosophy developed by the Huayan teachers uh, is powerful and I think very helpful in terms of understanding the background philosophy of our practice. And part of it is to look at the interaction of the particular and the universal, which are both 
know, the universal reality of the Dharmakaya and the conventional reality that we all, you know, follow in our everyday activity. When the light turns red, we stop. You know, when the light turns green, we go. So we don't ignore these conventional realities. And and part of, well, a major part of Huayan philosophy and of Soto Zen philosophy is about how these interact. And we talk about it practically in terms of how do we bring our Zazen awareness, our awareness of just being upright and still, how do we bring that into our everyday activity? So Soto Zen emphasizes that a lot. And that has to do with this background philosophy. And just really briefly, in Huayan, there's a fourfold Dharma Dhatu. So there's the particular and the ultimate. There's different words used for these. There's the um, mutual interconnectedness of the particular and the universal, and the mutual interconnectedness uh, and unobstruction of particulars with particulars. That's the uh, one of the main of, of the many philosophical teachings in the Hawaiian school. And this is a, this was the background for Soto Zen philosophy, too. So, the Soto Zen, Shaodong in Chinese, uh, school was considered founded by Dongshan, Soto in Japanese, Dongshan Yangjian, who was, uh, lived in the 800s, uh, did a book called Just This Is It, Dongshan and the Practice of Suchness, with many of his koans, and he also is, uh, we chant the Jewel Mary Samadhi, so hope you online regularly, we'll be chanting it during the session coming up, and uh, this is attributed to Dongshan, uh, you know, the, the exact history of all this stuff, you know, we don't have the videotapes and so forth of all of this, but this is the tradition, and this, uh, Song of the Jewel Mare Samadhi, which we've chanted many times here, talks about the fivefold um, reality. So in, uh, in Soto Zen, there's five ranks or five degrees, which is kind of comes out of this Wayan school of fourfold Ramadanto. And again, it's about the process of integration of the ultimate or universal with each particular phenomenal event or being or context. So this is kind of the philosophical background of our practice. And in our practice, again, it's about how do we taste or get a glimpse of or feel this, and especially in Zazen we can feel it, but not only in Zazen, but this ultimate universal reality, and then how do we express it in the world? And in uh, Hawaiian school too, there's this emphasis on once we, when we experience this, how do we share it with all of the difficulties and problems and um, issues in our own lives and in the, in the world around us, and uh, we certainly live in a very troubled world now. In so many in so many ways, how do we express this deep reality, this ultimate reality of kindness and caring, love? I'd say 
that we can feel within ourselves, so we have to do this for ourselves, and then also how do we share it in the world and in our own lives. This is the context of Soto Zen, and this is the background of Soto Zen that comes from the Flower Ornament Sutra, or the Tatsaka, or Hualien, or Kegon Sutra. Okay, so that's some background to what we're going to be talking about in this Rohatsu session. And I'll just conclude with just one quote. So Ogetsu and I will be speaking from this text, the Clearly's uh, translation, Absorption in the Treasury of Light. I would say uh, the, the Samadhi of the Treasury of Radiance. At any rate, just a short excerpt from it, just feel of it. And throughout this text, again, written up by Dogen's main disciple, Koan Ejo, who also put together a lot of Dogen's writings in Shobogenzo and the Hikoroku. Uh, it refers to the Flower Ornament Sutra, particularly in a number of places. It also refers to other great Chan or Zen ancestors. So I'm going to read just a couple paragraphs where he talks about Master Baijian, Yakujo in Japanese, very famous Chinese Zen master. Uh, so Baijang said, the spiritual light shines alone, utterly free of senses and objects. The essence manifests, real and eternal. It is not confined to writings. The nature of mind is undefiled, originally complete and perfect in itself. Just detach it from false objects and it awakens to suchness, ultimate reality, unquote. So just detach it from false objects. We all, uh, as subjects, as beings, our minds seize objects in the world. And we uh, conventionally try and get a hold of the objects we like, try and get rid of the objects that we don't like. but. That's the nature of our experience, is, is these objects. And, and Ajahn said, just detach this suchness from false objects, and it awakens to suchness. And then Cohen Ejo comments, this spiritual light is unbroken from the infinite past through the infinite future. This is called perpetual energy, utterly Perpetual energy, utterly free of senses and objects. The essence manifests real and eternal and is called permanent stability of radiance. So there's this background radiance amid all of the tumult of the impermanence and the changes that we all, the transitions that we all go through. Cohen Ejo continues, trusting in this spiritual light, abiding peacefully, imper imperturbable, is called the supreme concentration or samadhi of simply sitting. So this teaching is, is um, about the reality of our zazen, of our simply sitting. So there's a lot more to say about this, and Hogan's when I will be talking from this text during the session. And uh, if I didn't say it before, you're welcome. Everyone's 
whether or not you've signed up is welcome to come online to the talks in the morning. Uh, 10 o'clock, I think, and 15, in the period of Zazen before it. So, so um, we have a little bit of time now for questions, comments, reflections. So, um, David, can you help me with seeing people online who have comments or questions? And Jerry, maybe you can help me with seeing people in the room who have comments or questions. Thank you all. If you're online, you can either raise this hand, the physical hand, or use the raise hand function button. So abiding in this supreme radiance is simply sitting. What about when we're not simply sitting? Of course it's there too. But when we sit sasan, when we sit still and upright, we um, have the possibility of settling. Of course, there are periods of sasan where Honky mind is rolling around. That happens. There are periods of sazen where it feels calm and still. But in a, in a, you know, part of the point of this is not some special, you know, experience outside of the rest of our lives. This is Dogen very much uh, emphasized expression of this expression of this awareness. So in a in a you know, and this is a cha- this is a great challenge, of course. How do we, in our interactions with family, friends, coworkers, neighbors, whomever, um, without you know trying to manipulate anything and, and and make some do something fancy, just to be present? And this radiance is there too. And this is the this is the great challenge of our lifelong practices. How do we express and share this with ourselves internally too, because we each have you know voices in our Zazen mind that can be critical or judgmental or whatever. Um, but how do we share this possibility, this reality of radiance, which we experience to some extent or another? So yeah, that's the important question. It's not just us, and this us then helps us to feel it. Thank you. Other reflections, comments, questions? Jim? Hi again, thank you very much. I wonder if you might say something more about samadhi in the, in, in the title. I know Cleary translates it as absorption. Um, and I'm thinking about the transiness of the Flower Ornament Sutra, um, which seems something something distinguishable from just sitting. Right there, There's such a thing as going into a trance or inducing self-inducing a trance and so so i wonder what the relationship is to that between that and and samadhi or absorption yeah samadhi 
is a common word for uh, meditation. It's also a technical term. It means concentration. And so David Ray is one of the people who comes to the uh, Flower and the Sutra readings, and even reading it in English, I heard from Thomas Cleary when I studied with him that he read the entire Flower and the Sutra in Chinese, read it aloud seven times before he started to translate. It doesn't mean there aren't imperfections in his translations, because all translations are, uh, might have imperfections. But yeah, when you read this aloud, it is, I don't like the word trance because it, because it, it kind of feels like it's divorced from reality, like some hypnotized trance in some other place. But, uh, absorption is okay. Samadhi, uh, means concentration. So it's, it, it, it is this, um, I might say very trippy text. It's reading it aloud, uh, as we've been doing, uh, it's not, it's not a text that is discursive or instructional. It's just this, this, uh, flow of images of Buddhas and Bodhisattvas and their practices and the realms they inhabit and, um, and, and sometimes the discourse that the Buddha allows Samantabhadra, for example, and other Bodhisattvas to speak, uh, supports them to speak. So uh, it's, I would call it in the Flower Nama Sutra a samadhi text. It does induce this uh, state of being, state of being, state of mind that is uh, I'm not sure what word to use. Uh, people do say trance, it's, but it's it's uh, uh, it's kind of, you know, like there's a, there's a, uh, term Durrani, which actually Paul, I think, is an expert in some of the ancient Durranis from, from Dunhuang. But these are part of our practice too. We, we have these Durranis, which are like longer mantras, usually longer. We, we, during our Sadaki ceremony, there were a bunch of them. Uh, and they're specifically inducing a particular states of samadhi. But, you know, there's various Sanskrit words for meditation. Jhana is one, and this is uh, the source of the word chan, which in Japanese becomes zen, transliterating that. Jhanas are particular states of worldly meditation that one gets to higher realms in. Um, and in China, people saw Send people doing all this meditation, so they call they call it the Chan school or the Jhana school, um, and so that's one word for meditation. But samadhi is related, and I I like to use that as a Sanskrit term just for meditation. And uh, but there are different kinds of there are libraries full of different instructions for different uh, programs of of meditation, but samadhi is a, is a, I would say, is a general, generic term for meditation. But also, it's this uh, intense concentration that one uh, feels when reciting 
I guess you could, if you read it silently, you might do it too, but reciting it aloud is a traditional practice for working with the Abhatamsaka flower of the sutra. So this is the background again of this text, this samadhi of the treasury of radiance. I don't know if, if, you, if, that's, if you have a follow-up to that, David. Thank you. Other comments? Eve, I think. Oh, Eve, hi. So thank you very much for the image of the statue and the bosom of the, the, the image of the Buddha's bosom and the um, planets and the stars. Right. Cause, and so what I heard in my mind's ear was people singing Rock of My Soul in the bosom of Abraham. <laughs> Good. So high you can't get around it, so low you can't get under it. Good. So why you can't get around it, oh, Rock of My Soul. And there's something very comforting about the image of bosoms. Uh, can I, if I may, uh, the word that I'm you tra- translating is treasury. It's the Zoe of Shobogenzo, Dogen's uh, main work. But it could also be translated as matrix, the source of things, and it can also be translated as womb. So we could read this text as the samadhi of uh, uh, the womb of radiance. Just to bring in that. Yeah. So thank you. Continue, please, if, if you're not finished. Okay, good, thank you. So we have a little more time if anyone else has any comments or reflections, people online as well. Questions? It might feel like this is very abstract and theoretical and not so practical, but part of the point of this kind of teaching is that it's the, the basis, the background, the, the underpinning of all our practices in the world, as well as zazen, as well as just sitting and sitting like Buddha. So this is, it supports us in our everyday practice. Well, thank Vicky, you. All. Was your hand up? Maybe okay. Vicky. Vicky's hand is up. Oh, okay. Hi, Vicky. Hello. Um. So, um, here I'm fighting a cold, and my um habits of just being rushed and feeling pressure have been kind of at the forefront, and I'm thinking of this radiance, but. I think it was just yesterday that I was doing dishes and I mindfully brought some awareness to um, what was actually happening. And so I was washing this cup and um, deciding to just wash the cup, slow down, um, remind myself of all, everything that brought this possibility of even washing these cups into, you know, into being. And, you know, so it's just like there's these little glimpses and my daily lay life is taking care of an eight-year-old, which 
can be chaotic and dramatic. And um, what's been happening lately is I'll catch myself, you know, my behaviors, my actual behaviors with Ishe, who I love very much, will be a little bit frustration or, you know, hurriedness, um, trying to make a situation in my mind what I think is right, right, which is ridiculous, but this is where I'm at. And um, what I'm finding is after sitting quietly and there's a little space between us, then I can bring myself into just kind of a curiosity and investigation of what's actually happening. And there is this, I don't know if it's even the radiance, but there is this kind of glowing beauty of life that I can be aware of and realize. But I'm having a hard time just like the in-between. And also I actually give myself a guilt trip of having to, like it doesn't come to me until I'm sitting a little quietly or have a little distance. And then I'm realizing, so then I might like, as for instance, yesterday, then I decide to go downstairs and help grandma and Ishe get through the next process of the evening, you know, but it took, but I'll, I'll guilt trip myself because it took me this seeming separation of, you know, being able to get a little quiet and separate from the situation to then see and, I shouldn't guilt trip myself because then I, I am participating. Then I do decide to go and participate and it is, and I know it's, I'm actually helping. We're all helping each other. <coughs> anyway, the, the talk today, I, I really appreciate and um, hearing the, you know, just bringing, bringing back that there is the radiance, whether I'm aware of it or not. It, I mean, life is, is beautiful no matter what my participation and yet, and yet my participation matters, right? How I feel like it, it actually matters to, to this life. And I don't know if that makes sense at all, but that's just where I am. I really do appreciate the Dharma talk this morning. Thank you. Thank you. That was wonderful. That was exactly to the point. And even guilt trips are included in this radiance. <laughs> so uh, that happens. We do that. You know, we judge ourselves or others. But all of it is part of this, I don't know, maybe process of uh, this ultimate reality body Buddha that is underlying everything. So it's true, though, that Zazen, when we stop and sit upright and sit quietly for as long as we do, um, gives us a chance to connect with something deeper and to um, to be able to be more patient maybe with all of the difficulties in our lives and I appreciate your talking about the child we have a number of children and a number of toddlers in our sangha and at least a couple of people expecting more so that's really wonderful um, and you know, we are not a monastic residential sangha. Our sangha is, is explicitly lay people living in the city, this city or some other city. Um, and uh, yeah, how do we take care of that? So, Ko, is Amaya still here? She's what, two now? 
one and a half, one and a quarter. <laughs> anyway, uh, and Patrick has a toddler who's online. And anyway, so our, our um, oh, there she is. Hi, Amaya. Uh, our um, practice is exactly to connect with this radiance and then how how is it it's not that we express it how it, how do we be the um, reflections of that radiance in our everyday activity so thank you uh, Vicky for your testimony and please continue and please be kind to yourself too